0: Esther chapter number four, chapter four, right? Y'all don't know? Mm Mm-hmm, scared to answer. Say, Pastor, you setting us up, you're not going to know till you answer. Esther chapter three, chapter four. All right, let's see. Let's see how smart this crowd is. Esther chapter four. We left off last week in verse. Anybody wanna take a stab at it? Somebody said three, somebody said four. So are you saying we left we finished three and we're gonna start on four or we started on four? Finish three. Starting on four. What is the pleasure of the body? All in favor, say aye. All who oppose, say no. All who don't know, say I don't know. <laughs> Every one of you to don't know, you're wrong. The eyes are right. We finish verse 3. Let's look at verse 4. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent to clothe Mordecai. And to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Thank you, Malik. You're listening, and I appreciate that. Let the church say amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. It is already blessed. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me be a blessing. Use me like only you can. God, it's up to us whether we serve you with all of our heart. To love you, to know you. To live each day wanting to be more like you help help these services it's it's all it's all the big picture the goal is Jesus this is why we're here we're trying to be more like Jesus every service every every men's prayer every every ladies fellowship every, every discipleship class every Sunday school class every ministry meeting it's all to it's all to be more like Jesus we We have to make sure that we're not going through the motions and just doing this and doing that. We've got to get out of this washing dishes and sweeping floors and mopping all of these things that we miss out on sitting at your feet. Mary have chosen that good part. Next few moments, help us Lord, help us not to leave here Lord having, having shined and polished and swept and wiped up and this and that and the other that we'll miss the main event for the next few moments help us to sit at your feet cleanse me of sin empty me of self and fill me with your spirit in jesus name amen you may be seated thank you for standing we're not going to go back and review these first three chapters we'll jump right into chapter number four where we are Looking in on what I call Mordecai's engaged perception. There's a lot going on in Persia right now. And watch this now. The providence of God just so happens to have Mordecai there. Now listen to me. You may not want to be there. You may not have chosen to be there. You may not have ordered to be there. You may not have planned to be there. You may not plan to be there long. But the fact of the matter is the providence of God has allowed you to be there. Where's your there tonight? You're there because God put you there. Amen. So you might as well quit complaining. And and quit telling God about how he made a mistake. And he couldn't have known what there looked like when he sent you there or else he would have never sent you there. Could I tell you God knew what there was before you got there? He sent you there anyway. Somebody say amen. There's something going on there. There's something going on there you need to see. Something going on there you need to discover. Something going on there you need to be involved in. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? He, he never goes, oh, I didn't think of that. Wow, I never crossed my... Can you can I... We're so human, we, we act like God is. He, he, he applies human characteristics to himself, not because he actually embodies them, but because they connect us to a better understanding of who he is and what he does. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. He's a spirit, he doesn't have eyes. The hand of the Lord is with him. He doesn't have a hand. <laughs> the ears of the Lord are open to our prayers. He doesn't have ears. Nathaniel says, "And he ran to me. God ran to me." With what? He don't have feet. But the, 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 these are these are human characteristics that the Bible gives us. To describe the action of God, to describe the movement of God, to describe the character of God. No, God doesn't have little hands. No, God doesn't have literal ears. No, God doesn't have literal feet. No, God doesn't have literal eyes. But I'm glad there's nothing I do that God can't see. I'm glad there's no prayer that I pray that God can't hear. I'm glad there's no place that God can not get to. Thank God that he knows he's way too high for us to understand this so he brings himself to a level where we can perceive so that hopefully our perception of him will cause us not to expect him to be where we are but expect us to go where he is. So he has you there. That's why Esther Esther 1, 2, 3 are important. This is why we're teaching through this passage of scripture and there'd be nothing wrong with us jumping to Esther chapter 4. I've done it. To handle Esther chapter 4 and to look at the, the height of this chapter as the the climax of this story happens here in Esther chapter 4. When we begin to see the culmination of why this book is in the Bible in that great verse in Esther chapter number 4. But 1, 2, and 3 are laying the foundation. See, it's important for us to know that when Mordecai is in a position to do what he's doing and Esther is in the palace to do what she's doing, none of that happens in chapter 4 unless they're walking with God in chapters 1, 2, and 3 everybody wants a slingshot everybody wants to sling it everybody wants to hit the melon head in the middle and fall. see him fall down everybody wants to jump on Goliath's back take his own sword chop his head off hold it up in the air <sighs> Philistines are cheering everybody wants to be David oh yes I want to enter the scene of the Christian life with a slingshot in hand with a crowd around me in the valley of Elah and win the battle I'm trying to find out who is going to hang out on the backside and watch the sheep when nobody's watching See, because if you're not David the shepherd boy, you ain't going to be David the giant killer. If you're not Mordecai, the heart-filled parent that takes in this orphan Esther and raises her, if you're not faithful before you ever get to where you are, if you're not faithful before your niece ever gets to the palace, if you've not learned to walk with God when the stakes are not high, you will fail when they are. Here he is, engaged perception. Of what? Of everything that chapter 3 just told us. And chapter 3 was all about an evil plot. And we watched Haman devise a scheme because of Mordecai's resistance to wipe out, to annihilate, to effectively employ the total annihilation of an entire race. And Mordecai's going to not only come up with the idea, he's going to get the king to sign off on it. The letters are going to go around the whole land. Everybody's going to know it's going to happen. And the end of chapter number three shows Haman and Ahasuerus. Did I say, did I say Haman a few minutes ago? I say Mordecai. Okay, Mordecai's a good guy. Haman's a bad guy. Haman is the one that devises the scheme. Haman is the one that convinces Ahasuerus to sign off on it. Haman does it because he doesn't like Mordecai. Mordecai won't bow down to him, so Mordecai wants to kill Haman. Mordecai won't bow down to Haman. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Ahasuerus is king. He hires Haman. Haman wants a scheme to kill all of the Jews because Mordecai is a Jew and he won't bow down to Haman. And when Haman finds out that Mordecai is a Jew, Mordecai wants to kill all the Jews. And Haman gets Ahasuerus to sign off on this decree. It goes throughout the whole land and everybody knows. You get to the end of chapter 3, Haman and Ahasuerus are sitting down basically toasting to this thing while the whole society is confused. Did I get it right? All right. Thank you, Malik. On chapter four, Mordecai finds out. Yeah. That's what we talked about last week. How cool are you about finding out this kind of stuff? What, what comes across your radar that causes you to go, oh, what does it take to grieve your spirit? <laughs> or are you so used to foolishness that it doesn't even bother you? Acts chapter 17, Paul. Paul. I'm talking about Paul. The one saved on the road to Damascus. I mean, this fireball preacher that got like Bible salvation and was never the same. Not that new stuff. The off-brand salvation. I'm talking about the real salvation. Any man being Christ, he's a new creature. He wrote about it. He didn't hear about that. He, he experienced it. He knew what it was to kill Christians and now be killed for being a Christian. That's Paul. That Paul in Acts 16 ends up in, in Philippi, right? And converts get saved. Lydia gets saved. The damsel in distress gets saved. And then he gets thrown in prison, gets beat with, beaten with many stripes, put in the deep prison. And he's in there, crying and screaming and whining. Wrong. He's praying and singing praises to God at midnight. What you doing at midnight? And all of a sudden, an earthquake happens. God breaks him loose. The jailer gets saved. And he gets released. They're going to let him out quietly. Paul said, no, you didn't bring me in quietly. Don't let me out quietly. You're going to bring me in loud and sneak me out. Parade me out like you paraded me in. That's what happens 16, 17. He ends up and Thessalonica gets whooped and beat, and then he ends up in Athens, right? So he's still hurting. I mean, he's, we're moving along. We've, we've turned the page in our devotions and we've gone to a new city, but Paul's still beaten. Okay, Be careful. Just because you turn the page in Scripture doesn't mean Paul got healed. When he gets in Athens, he's still wounded from the beating in Philippi, from the, from, from the running out of town in Thessalonica. He ends up in Athens. And it's a city wholly given to idolatry. The, the ancient writer Pausanias said, "When you entered Athens, you were more likely to see a false god than you were a human being." That's how bad they were. How wicked. Wicked. The Parthenon. Mars Hill. I mean, just gods everywhere. Holy scriptures. Holy given to idolatry. And Paul ends up in Athens, wounded from Philippi, messed up from Thessalonica, ending up in Athens. This, at any time in Paul's life, was the ideal time for a sabbatical. If anybody deserves a break, it's Paul. He's been on the move from the moment he got saved on the Damascus Trail. If anybody deserves a break in a revered city like Athens, Paul does. Why don't you lay in Athens, find your hotel, and recover, and then get back to the work of God? He couldn't. He ended up in the middle of Athens and saw all this idolatry. And instead of getting rest, his spirit was grieved in him. See, see, loving God won't let you tolerate nonsense. And this is where Mordecai is. So in chapter number four, he gets a painful detection of what's going on. That's what happens. And his immediate response is prompted dismay, sackcloth, and ashes. Isn't that what happens? Bitter cry, loud and bitter cry. I mean, he made noise everybody could hear Somebody said, boy, we should have never taken prayer out of schools. Maybe they wouldn't have ever taken prayer out of schools if some Christians made some noise. A loud, bitter cry. I'm talking about the cry that people make when their team loses a ballgame. Oh, God. Huh? And now we can't figure out what marriage is. We got We got little kids going into clinics and killing babies without parents having to be involved, and nobody's crying. About time we made some noise. Sackcloth and ashes. It's a symbol of mourning, repentance. Sackcloth. They would sit in ashes, oftentimes put ashes on top of their head. Sackcloth was a coarse material made up of black goat's hair. Very uncomfortable to wear. You didn't wear it for a fashion statement. The ashes were a symbol of desolation and ruin. When someone put on sackcloth and ashes, they were they were showing heartfelt sorrow for the loss of someone. You see, David mourning the death of Abner, the commander of Saul's the commander of Saul's army. Jacob had this when he wore sackcloth when he thought his son Joseph had been killed. In this instance, Mordecai is tearing his clothes, putting on sackcloth and ashes, walking out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. This is his reaction to the king's declaration that wicked Haman had authority to destroy all the Jews. He's willing to get uncomfortable. To wear something no one's wearing. To do something no one's doing. To respond in a way that nobody's responding. There's too much of this going on in the Christian life. Let me see who's doing it first before I do it. You have an invitation time. Everyone will look up. I ain't going to go if nobody else goes. If I see other people going, I'm going. Listen, it's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I ain't going because brother so-and-so going. I'm going because I need you, Lord. sackcloth cloth and ashes. This is what's happening in Mordecai's life. Prompted dismay. This is a passionate demonstration. He came even before the king's gate. For none might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. No, no, Mordecai, you don't go up to the king's gate with that mess on. You don't do it. In other words, we're saying, Mordecai, this is not protocol. This is not appropriate. This is not acceptable. It's, it's, it's not acceptable to be in the king's courtyard with that coarse clothing on. And you certainly shouldn't be in here weeping and wailing. Listen, it's not uncommon to see tears, it's not uncommon to see displayed emotions. It's not uncommon to see people fall on the altar and and look grief-stricken. I'll tell you what's become uncommon. Brokenness. What's going on in chapter 3? Sin's going on. Evil's going on and there's somebody close to the heart of God that is broken over evil. Ladies and gentlemen, we are watching too much evil go on in our world to not be broken. I'm not asking you when the last time you cried. You may be sensitive. I'm not asking you when the last time you had tears in your eyes. You may have peeled onions yesterday. I'm to asking you when the last time you were broken. Broken over what, Pastor? Broken over the agenda of an individual to kill somebody that needs to be spared I'm talking about the last time you were broken over a lost family member you were broken over a co-worker that's going to hell you were broken over broken over someone who's living in a wicked way because he doesn't know any better you were broken over a nation who's turned her back against God you're broken over a prodigal you were broken over a backslidden Christian. I'm not talking about broken over the bills you can't pay broken over how much it costs to fill up your car I'm talking about broken over the fact that evil's happening that you found out about and you put on some sackcloth and ashes and you quit trying to look cute and cool and well accepted and you quit trying to come to church and let everybody think you have it all together something's going on you know about it and you ain't ashamed to be broken where people can see it public display that's a public display painful detection prompted dismay passionate demonstration public display You don't go in the king's... Listen, here's what Mordecai's saying. If something's happening that breaks my heart, and where I go is where I go, I'm not going to change into regular clothes to do my job if where I go happens to be when I'm broken. Stop hiding your brokenness because you don't want people to think you're soft. Because, see, here's what what I'm telling you. You don't move until you're broken. See, a burden changes our behavior. Sympathy, we can get over. Sadness, we can get over. Getting caught, we can get over. Brokenness demands a response. Now, notice the prevalent distress that starts to happen. Look at verse 3. This is where we were, right? Every providence with us over the king's commandment and his decree came. There was great mourning among who? The Jews. And what? Fasting? And what? And what? And how many? Many lay in sackcloth This thing spread. This thing spread. Started with one. And now every Everywhere in the province that there are Jews, that there's Jews. Listen to me. The Jews are weeping and wailing, and they're broken. Listen to me now. It 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 ought to be that our brokenness is contagious. You'll stir up your family to be broken over the devil's attack on listen, the devil's attacking families. It ought to break you. It ought to break you. And listen, he's using he's using every tool at his disposal, even if it involves unfortunately the people of God. Please don't underestimate the devil to think that your saved self can't be used for his evil bidding. Preach, Pastor. I'm too saved for the devil to use me. Okay. Okay. He used a whole lot of Christians. And he have you doing his bidding, hurting the people of God, a liability to the kingdom of God, and just as saved as you ever was. You can't lose your salvation. But you can make most of us think you did. We'd be looking at the scripture and say, did it really say you can't lose your salvation? Looking at you. Don't make somebody recheck the Bible over eternal security. Peter said, make your calling and election sure. What are you saying, Peter? Make sure you know you're saved, number one, but make sure you're saved and living in such a way that you don't make people think you're not saved. Make your calling and election sure. Don't live in a way that is spiritually, diametrically opposed to the doctrine of salvation. That's what he's saying. You better find a way to get your Christianity to match the Bible instead of trying to get your Bible to match culture. That's what he's saying. Make your calling and election sure. And so there's a prevalent distress going on among the Jews. Many are laying in sackcloth. Now this is this is this is there's an uproar going on around town. This started with two guys making a toast over an evil decree. It gets to Mordecai, sackcloth gnashes. He's all up in, you don't do that, Mordecai. You don't wear those clothes in the king. Oh yes, I do. I'm a Jew. That man's trying to kill my people, and I'm not gonna hide it. up in there just laughing at dirty jokes and ain't cringing at uh, nasty words and, and you friends with people on social media that put nonsense on there and you just sitting on there just looking at it like it doesn't bother you. Just just carnal. I'm not telling you to learn how to get grieved. I'm, turning, I'm telling you to learn how to be godly and the byproduct of godliness is grief over sin. just comes with the package. You order the combo, you get two sides. Listen, I'm just telling you, if you order godliness to the power of the Holy Spirit, nobody will have to tell you to be bothered by sin. Godliness employs a grief over sin. closer I get to God, the more I can't stand what put his son on the cross. You and his wife in here tonight trying to get her husband to to get to feel bad about his sin and a husband in here trying to, hey, I don't know why that doesn't bother you. And parents are just screaming to the top of that. How can you do that And it doesn't bother you? How can you, I can't believe you look at that and that doesn't grieve your spirit. We're handling it the whole, the wrong way. We don't need to do a bunch of sin courses. We need to do some scripture course. Let's get people to fall in love with Jesus. You will fight for people you love and you'll act like you're not bothered when people that you don't love are attacked. You'll find out who your friends are when when, when, when they, they step up when you're attacked. You find out who wasn't when they're... Go- Somebody said to me today, boy, it's just amazing how, how, how silent some people have been at my very most challenging hour. I said, well, now you know. Praise God from whom all blessings flow for revealing the phonies. You know how to function properly now. Here's all these people. We we have a problem with this. So this now gives a prominent delivery. I'm almost done to to Esther. Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. see, See what I'm saying? It's amazing that when Mordecai was in sackcloth and ashes, it didn't say anything about the maids and chamberlains telling her. But once all of those Jews started mourning, now all of a sudden this news is traveling to the palace. Listen, you want to shake up America? Let's get a bunch of people standing for something. Crying over something. So this provoke, this this prominent delivery, it comes to Esther. And now this news to Esther causes a provoked disturbance. She's, listen, she's living with the man and doesn't even know the law he's made about her and her own people. how is it that Mordecai and the Jews found out about a decree that her husband made before she did she's just in, she's, so, listen, sometimes you're so close to stuff you can't even see it your stand affects somebody else's awareness this provoked a service, she hears about it and, and when she hears about it she's exceedingly grieved because this is a, she's a Jew too now, 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 more. Uh, has doesn't know she, she's a Jew. Haman doesn't either. She does. <laughs> Listen, nobody on your job may know you're a Christian, but you do. You you can hide it from them, but you can't hide it from that Holy Spirit wrestling inside of you. No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm fine with that. Ha, 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 ha. You know good and well, he just churning your stomach. So, what's Esther going to do about it? Esther, here's where we close tonight. She sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him. Send this down here to him and tell him he got to get up out of that courthouse looking like that. Hey, uncle, 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 you can't be down there with them clothes on, hollering like that. We're in Persia. They will hang you. That ain't a joke. Watch it now. Girls, send him this change of clothes. Tell him put on these this different color clothes go back to his job like he's supposed to be doing, and get out of there looking like that. That's what we do as Jews, but we're not back where we're from. We're in Persia, and listen to me, church, before you go home tonight. Some of y'all don't let compromisers convince you to act like Americans when you should be acting like Christians. Now, now, tell her that we're going out tonight, but don't be bringing up church and leaving a track and, and talking about, don't don't tell them what we, we, you, we know what we believe. We don't have to prove ourselves to anybody. We we'll talk about it later when we get in the car. Oh, no problem. I don't want to ruffle anything. Somebody got to leave out of church tonight say, I'm going to ruffle some fellas. It's a powerful directive. And this is where we close. But he received it not. This powerful directive is met by a persistent decline. Nope. Take your clothes back. Listen. Put this down in your notes. The Lord just gave this to me. Anything that you do for God on purpose, you should never let anybody talk you out of. Nothing you do for God on purpose should you let anybody talk you out of. Now, listen. If you walk out the house and you put on something, and you walk in and somebody says, "Oh, did you know that you put on purple and it was supposed to be blue?" Oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. Let me run back home. That's an accident. See, sackcloth and ashes was never put on on accident. It was put on on purpose. Anything you did for God on purpose, you should never let anybody talk you out. If you made up your mind at the house of God, I am not going to do that anymore. And you leave up out of here saying, I ain't going to do that anymore. And somebody says to you tomorrow, you know, good and well, it really ain't that big deal to do it. I mean, everybody's doing it. You know what? Now that I think, about it, I, I don't even start to do it. This was on purpose. Let's make some declines the rest of this week. When the Spirit of God is grieving our spirit to react in remorse and sorrow over sin. And even a well-intentioned believer, because this is Esther telling him, not some wicked person. esther saying, send him these clothes and, and tell him, don't wear sack." Send her them clothes back. I put them on for a reason. Watch this now, and I'm keeping them on. Huh? I'm keeping them on. Now we're gonna have to get look, we're gonna have to get bold now. Cause watch this now. She's trying to change Mordecai from being so reactive about sin. But according to Esther chapter 4, because he keeps them clothes on, he's going to change her. So who's changing who in here? Are you going to convince your family that sin is wrong or is your family going to convince you that sin's not that bad? Who's influencing who it's only a matter of time before we find out the first step to compromise is giving in and changing in an area where you started it on purpose. Our father help us work in us and through us. Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. No one looking around. Pastor, God spoke to me tonight. Would you raise your hand? God spoke to me. God spoke to me. God's working in my heart. God bless you, all over the building. God bless you. Put your hand up. You, listen, this. Listen, we're too late in the game in the Christian life. We're too close to the trumpet sounding. We're we're too we're too thick into apostasy. Our world is too laodicean. For you to get away with being cool and Christian. This ain't going to happen. You're going to shake up somebody. You're going to ruffle somebody. You, your Christianity is, is too distinct to be living in 2023 and meet the expectations of protocol. Your Christianity is going to blatantly, blatantly go on a collision with culture. And some, some well-intentioned Christian will tell you, you can't do that in here. You can't say that. You can't act like that. Got to, I'm just telling you right now, you bring that stuff we do up in church, up in here. You lie again. You better send them them clothes back. Stand. Stand. Thank you, Lord. Keep working in us. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name.